You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you raising an autistic child. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now instead of staying stuck in wishing and hoping and dreaming it was different? That is the question. And if you haven't taken our free course yet, Unburdened, Finding Balance, Living Alongside Autism, make sure you click the link in the show notes. It's www.notyouraverageautismmom.com forward slash free course and get registered. My name is Shannon Urquiola and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. And in this free course, I teach you things that I learned along the way that changed my life. And I live this autism parenting journey day in and day out, just like you. All right, stay with me and let's get on to this week's episode. You are listening to our best of summer series featuring our most downloaded episodes of all times. Ripping the Band-Aid off on electronics. Well, hey there, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. And if you are brand new to us, I am so glad that you are here. And I hope that you find our podcast helpful and insightful and that they help you understand or navigate your autism parenting journey a little easier. So for today's episode, I am going to warn you before we get started, I likely may be telling you things that you may be resistant to. So I just ask that you keep an open mind and think thoughts that maybe, just maybe, what I am telling you might be helpful and just might work. Just be open to the possibility. That is all I ask. Just take a minute to think about how technology is all around us, right? And listen, Technology has many positive aspects to it and has brought us many great things. We can find information at our fingertips. You know, I remember my grandmother sitting down, going through cookbook after cookbook, looking to find a recipe. And heck, in two seconds, I can have the exact recipe to duplicate Longhorn's Parmesan-crusted chicken. That's the ease of technology and how it has made our lives easier in so many ways. Our life is surrounded by technology. Electronics are part of everyone's life. But what is important is that you understand the negative effects that too much screen time can be causing for our children with autism because it is pretty darn significant. And I am sure that most of you listening to this today would agree that your child would gladly spend day in and day out on their electronic device rather than do anything else. Am I right? Probably so. So what does that mean? That means that if they don't have boundaries on their electronics, if you don't limit their time on them, they will never seek to find other interests. We know that our kids' social skills aren't as highly developed as 
most of their peers. And their abilities to pick up on social cues and body language are something that you are likely always working on. I get that. And while this is certainly a concern, that is not all that you should be worried about. And so as I go through this podcast, I'm going to be talking about a lot of other things that you should be concerned about. I want you to see that too much screen time could be causing many of the struggles that you are having in your home day after day. Too much screen time can increase their irritability, contribute to their rigid and impulsive behaviors. And here is what I want you to walk away with at the end of the podcast today. Allowing too much screen time, I promise you, will decrease their interest in doing anything other than being solely focused on a device. The National Institute of Health found that children who spend more than two hours a day on electronic devices scored lower on thinking and language tests. And those who had more hours experienced thinning of the brain's cortex, which is related to critical thinking and reasoning. Hello, that is one of the main areas that our children show deficits. Some other studies suggested that increased screen time in young children is associated with decreased cognitive ability, impaired language development, hyperactivity, short attention span, and again, irritability. Hmm, maybe, just maybe, this should be a red flag for us to pay attention to. Look, I get it. Trust me. I was guilty for many, many years of just letting him have the iPad or the Nintendo because you know what? It was easier than dealing with the behaviors that were the result of not giving in. Here is what I learned, though. Basically, our children have essentially trained us to not follow through because we know how upsetting and disruptive their meltdowns can be. They will likely complain for a very long time when something they like is taken from them. And while that looks different for all of us, I know that none of it is fun. Sometimes you might not want to limit electronics because you just want to see him happy or you just want to see her enjoying an activity. I am here to tell you that your thinking around their use of electronics must change if you want to reap the rewards that I promise you will begin to unfold once they have less screen time. You know, autistic people may be drawn to screens because they provide a repetitive and predictable interface that is easily customized to their specific interest. Their games offer a predictable structure that make them comfortable, and they don't need to engage with people in the real world, something that makes them decidedly uncomfortable, right? The sedentary lifestyle that games promote can exasperate health problems such as, you know, obesity, onset of diabetes, insulin resistant. And I honestly think that this actually may be one of the biggest drawbacks for our kids when it comes to electronics. Because obviously, if they're spending all their time playing video games or watching YouTube, 
they're not getting as much physical exercise as they should be because when they're playing the iPad, they aren't outside doing other things and moving their body. Another thing to think about is that for so many of our kids, their tendency to perseverate on things, right? In other words, their brains have a tendency to get stuck right? Think about them watching a specific part of a movie or a show, or for us, it's an infomercial over and over and over again, wearing out the rewind button. Or maybe they want you to read the same book over and over and over again, or they ask you the same question 50 times or 75 times. These aren't things that I don't know anything about. I talk about these things because I have been through them. I still go through them. Not as often as I used to, but I still go through them. So when you consider that, and then you add in their attraction to electronics and the fact that social situations are typically not something that they enjoy or look forward to, you have created the perfect storm for them becoming obsessed over their electronic device of choice. You know, kids no longer have to rely on their imagination. All they have to do is open up a tablet or jump into a video game where they will be provided with hours of nonstop fun. So we have to wonder, how will this impact our children as they grow? When is the last time your kids made a fort out of blankets or wanted to go camping in the backyard? without an electronic device. Think about it. When we were growing up, our imaginations were endless because it's all we had. You have to ask yourself, what changes can you make to begin to change these things in your home? Well, to start, you have to establish clear rules and schedules for electronic use. Now, I can tell you what ours is all day long, but our schedule may not work for you. You have to come up with a schedule that works for you and your family dynamics. And it can be as detailed or as basic as, you know, you or your child needs. Maybe, for an example, being in the car is one of those times when your child and you benefit from them being on their iPad or their tablet or their device. That's okay. That becomes part of your plan. But I also want you to consider this. Have you tried occupying their time with something other than a device when you're in the car? And I'm just asking. I just want you to think about it. Maybe you could play I Spy while driving, practice colors, or we used to play the license plate game when we were on road trips, right? Seeing other where other people were from and then talking about what we know about that state. Maybe you sing songs or practice adding and subtracting, counting on their fingers. These activities engage their mind and help their development. Now, I'm not telling you no more electronics in the car, but I am just asking you to consider trying other things. Maybe you choose that, you know, you decide that one day during the week, there are no electronics on the way to therapy. Maybe you let them decide which day. Then talk about what you're going to do instead. Give them options. Let them choose. It just might be fun and create a time to connect that you never even thought about. 
Maybe you use electronic time as a reward to a successful therapy session. Use one of the goals during therapy that if they meet that goal, they earn time on their device. Maybe you're working with them on a new, you know, independent skill and you use 30 minutes on their electronic device as a reward when they do their task without prompting. That's great. You have to come up with a plan and a schedule that works for you. Now, for us, we have a very specific and laid out plan. And we needed that for Jordan. He needed that because, you know, I've said before, he very much likes to know because it gives him a sense of control of his days. So we have four days a week when he earns electronics time. Three days a week are no electronic devices and we are unplugged except for television. There are certain things that he must do to earn time on those days. And there are specific times of the day that he chose to get them. For us, he was given the option of from the time he gets home from day program until dinner or after his shower at night until 9 p.m. And here's the thing. When we began this, we sat down with him and we talked about what was going to happen starting next week because you know that I always give him advance notice. And a lot of times I'll let him choose the day. We allowed him to be part of the plan. He got to choose the days of the week and the times of the day, right? Either when you get home from day program until dinner or after your shower until nine o'clock. We told him that he was going to get electronics on four days and three days we were unplugged, right? Or those were our non-electronic days. That has worked for us for over three years now. Make a plan that will work for you and your family. Now, this next one, this is a big one. But I am here to tell you that if your child struggles with sleep, the best thing that you can do is to make their bedroom a a non-electronic zone. And yes, that means no TV in their bedroom too. No electronic devices at all in the bedroom was literally probably the best thing we ever did for Jordan. The light emitted from screens interferes with the sleep cycle of the brain. That's just a fact. And Jordan struggled with sleep his whole life. Well, I wonder why. I wish so badly that I would have had someone tell me 15 years ago what to do. And you know, that's the entire premise of our Not Your Average Autism Mom Sisterhood. My entire goal, the podcast, the private sisterhood, is to make your journey easier than mine was. Because I didn't learn these things, because I didn't have somebody like me telling me the benefits that would come from doing these things. And I can promise you over time, you will begin to see improvements in their sleep patterns. Now, don't expect it to happen overnight. But once their brain realizes that when they wake up, there is no electronic device to connect to, they will eventually train themselves to go back to sleep because their bed and their bedroom become a place for sleeping. That's what you do in the bedroom. You sleep. 
a lack of sleep can have serious consequences on their brains. You know, during sleep, our brains clear out things that aren't important and it restores the nerve network so that we can wake up tomorrow ready for a brand new day. When they are getting too little sleep, they are depriving their brain of what it needs. And that next day will likely be really difficult. Now, I know many of you who've been with me for a long time, you know that when we made this change with Jordan, he turned to books and he loves books now. He loves reading. And I promise you that if we had continued to allow him to consume his time with electronics, that would have never happened. For all the years where he was literally just going from one electronic device to another, or, you know, many times he had two or three going at the same time. He never had an interest in books. But see, when that was taken away, other interests began to unfold. Another thing you know is that Jordan is obsessed with bugs and anything that crawls or flies, except wasps and bees. But guess what happens on our unplugged days, right? Or our non-electronic days when, he, when he's unplugged. Guess what he does? He goes outside. He explores. He looks for bugs and he lets them crawl all over him. You know, if you're on our, um, our Not Your Average Autism on Facebook page, you've probably seen, you know, pictures of Jordan with bugs and birds and all kinds of things. But last year we had the cicada invasion here in North Georgia and he was obsessed with them. Every day he went out to the trees that they were invading and he gathered them up and let them crawl all over him. But you know what? On the four days when he had electronics, he had no interest in going exploring. So if you're saying to yourself, Well, Shannon, you just don't understand. My child doesn't want anything except for electronics. He's not happy unless he's playing a game or she's not happy unless she's watching YouTube. Here is what I want to tell you. Until you rip off that Band-Aid of their dependency on electronics, they don't have the need to have any other interest. So yes, you will have to go through a difficult time. You will have to go through some difficult weeks and maybe even months while you are implementing the new electronic schedule or plan or boundaries. They will complain. They will get mad. They will tell you they're bored, that you're the worst parent. And you might have to make some changes to what you do and plan time to interact with them more and show them other things to do. But eventually, over time, when they realize that you are not going to give in, you are not going to allow them to have their electronics during unplugged days, they will begin to explore and find new interest. And you, mama, you will likely be amazed. You know, honestly, most of our kids like routine. So once the schedule of electronic time becomes part of their routine, the resistance will lessen. Y'all hear me say this all the time. This will only work if you stick to it. No matter how much whining or crying or negative and disruptive behavior happen, you have to stick to it. What's my favorite saying? You have to grow through the hard to get to the other side where it's much easier. And I want to say this. 
If you haven't listened to episode seven, I did this way back in the very beginning, um, the benefits of limiting electronics time. You might want to go listen to that. Um, I haven't listened to that in a very long time, but um, there may be some similarities from this episode, but there may be some other things that you can pick up on from that episode too. Now, if you struggle to follow through on your part and can't find your way to limit their electronic time for whatever reason, I definitely recommend that you seek professional help from a behavioral specialist or other medical professional to help you figure out how to establish and stick to a plan. Now, before I wrap up, I also want to remind you how important it is that you become a good role model when it comes to technology. Are you giving your child the attention that they need or are you spending time scrolling through your phone? Be honest with yourself. Setting an unhealthy example for your child while allowing him or her to indulge in excessive screen time can have lifelong consequences. Remember, your kids are watching you. If we can't learn to unplug and tune out and turn off, our health will undoubtedly begin to suffer. So while technology has plenty of good things to offer us, I want us all to step back and realize that setting limits for not only our children, but for ourselves can improve our relationships and our lives as a whole. All right, my friends, that is it for today. I hope that I gave you some things to think about and consider. And for some of you, I hope you go to work to begin to develop a plan of limiting electronic time that will work for you and your family so that you will be able to reap the rewards that will follow. And listen, if it's one day a week on the way to therapy, if it's Sundays, wherever you start, just know that that's enough. Because listen, if you start with something that small and you follow through, as you add things in, you will get better at doing what you say you will do. And in turn, they will realize that you do what you say. I hope you guys have a great week ahead and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place. And hey, in case you don't know, our private sisterhood is open and we are enrolling new members right now and would love to have you join us inside. I promise you, you will love it. We have an amazing uh, sisterhood of women from across the country, from all different walks of life, backgrounds and cultures, all raising a child or children diagnosed with autism. And remember, above all, you, my friend, are doing amazing at this mom thing. Hey, so if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, I want to ask you to take a minute and write a review. That's how we reach more moms just like us. And that is how you can pay it forward to help another mom who might be struggling right now. I also want to invite you to check out our Not Your Average Autism Mom membership. That's where we dive deeper into all the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you can get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day. When you become Not Your Average Autism Mom, you take on an identity with an incredible community of women across the globe, 
all raising autistic children who all show up to show the world they are not your average autism mom. It's my favorite place to be. So head on over to the website, www.notyouraverageautismmom.com to find out all the details. And listen, if we're not open for new members right now, make sure you join the wait list so you're the first to know when we open. We hope you do. We would love to work with you inside.